Hello, my friend. This is Clyde. Turn up with something significant. Matthew 2 and verse 11 tells us, And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. There are all kinds of details about the wise men who came to see Jesus. We sing of the three kings of Orient. We are made to think that the wise men came on or about the same day that Jesus was born or shortly after. There are scholars who, through research and intellect, tell us that the wise men arrived when Jesus was about two years old. But on this occasion, I want us to take our minds off numbers, timing, race, all those secondary details, and examine the text before us, which tells us a great story about these men. The wise men came. They came from far, but they came. They came with purpose, and they came with great effort. It was important that they set aside their regularly scheduled lives to leave their home, their country, probably their families, to come to see Jesus. These wise men were expecting something supernatural. Their religious religion prophesied about an event that would be announced by the appearance of a special star. I don't know how long it took them, but they followed this star. Do stars move? I've never seen a moving star, but this bright star, among the billions of stars in the sky, this star moved. This star was a compass. This star led them to the house where Jesus was. The journey was deliberate and challenging, but they came. My friend, it cost them something. It was sacrificial. It was with purpose. They did not have to come, but they did. The wise men, when they saw Mary and the young child, Jesus, fell down and worshipped him. These noble men, these important men, traveled over great distance, following a star that served as their GPS. And once they entered the house, they fell down and worshipped him. I'm amazed that they did not do something more social. I'm surprised that they did not check into a hotel to get some rest. Was this the reason they came from that great distance to worship the promised king? What was it that motivated them to worship the young child? There's an interesting prophecy that spoke directly of what we see in the text in Isaiah 16 verse 3. It says the Gentiles shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. Don't miss the point. Jesus was Jewish. The wise men were Gentiles. Here came people from different ethnicity, different country, different culture coming to worship him. God is interesting. The Savior of the world was born in a Jewish family in Jewish country, and yet God arranged it so that Gentiles from very far would come to worship the promised king. I'm sure Mary and Joseph were not expecting this visit, but it would make sense when they recall the message the angel gave her that her child was going to be great. This is a clear indication. A clear sign that her baby was, who was born in a stable, whose first baby clothes were strips of cloth, this child is the great king that the angel spoke of. She must have stood in awe as she saw these Gentiles who she did not know. Gentiles who appeared to be distinguished men would come to her humble home and bow down and worship her young child. This was beyond imagination. The wise men who came from far who when they saw the young child fell and worshipped him, they presented gifts. Now that is interesting. They brought special gifts from their home. 
They did not bring toys. They did not bring food from their country. They did not bring special messages from their people. They brought select gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Why would they bring these unusual gifts for a child? They were convinced that they were coming to see not just any average child. Rather, they were coming to meet the promised king. They were coming to meet the son of God. They were coming to meet the savior of Jews and Gentiles. So what better gifts could they bring? These gift items were costly, gifts of great value. The gifts they brought not only reflected their emotions, but they were gifts appropriate for a king. These gifts were selected and preserved and delivered to the king himself. My, my, his parents must have been speechless to see that this child, who was born under unusual circumstances, was being honored in such an astounding way. What is this all about? Why am I rehashing a piece of the story that you know well? You see, this is not a casual conversation. This is about you and Christmas. We celebrate Christmas with festivities, with giving and receiving of gifts, with pageantry and music in churches. We do the customary, and each year we try to do better than the year before. But step away, my friend, for a moment from the public demonstration of Christmas celebration and listen to the story of the wise men again. The real significance is not the public, but the private observation of Christmas. This is the greatest time to acknowledge and celebrate Christmas. The wise men are teaching us that we need to step away from the usual, the regular, and go to see Jesus. Jesus is waiting for you to come to see him. Come with sincere hearts. He is waiting to have audience with you. Enter into that place, into that space where you, the individual, worship Jesus sincerely. Don't worship only because you are in a special Christmas service, but worship him for who he is to you. Worship him with your whole being, bowing down before him. And what can you bring? The most precious thing to you is your life itself. There is nothing more valuable than your life. Will you give him your life? I mean it. Give the king your life. He gave his life for you. He came so that you might have his life. I'm suggesting that this Christmas could be the first time you consciously give him the best thing, the gift of your life.